Well, we're going to do a little bit of Bible interpretation today by way of, uh, of honoring uh, the Easter season. But before we get started with that, I managed to find something a little less serious in terms of a joke around the Easter bunny. And I, you know, it actually kind of tickled me, so I thought I would share it with you. All right. It was inevitable, I suppose, but at seven years old, Billy began to have doubts about the Easter Bunny. He talked it over with other children at school, and he watched an episode about rabbits on the Nature Channel. Two days before Easter, he came to me, and it was much worse, much worse than I had thought. He said, I've figured out something important about the Easter Bunny. But I have to tell you, it's also true about Santa Claus. It's also true about the Tooth Fairy. Well, thinking he'd grown up all at once and a little hesitant, I said, all right, Billy, what is it? And he replied, they're all nocturnal. (laughs) 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 Thank heavens. (laughs) All right. So let's... Let's do a little interpretation of of one of the parables from the Bible. Um, Sharon did a lovely job of reading about the parable about the light hidden under a basket or under a bushel, depending upon your, uh, uh, your particular translation of Matthew. And what I think is interesting about it is it really tells us, well, well, first of all, let me begin, I guess, at the beginning, because things are a little different now than they were 2,000 years ago. And so the whole idea of baskets and lamps and things like that, maybe not, are not as familiar as, uh, as they were a few thousand years ago. So first off, of course, no electricity, right? And what you may not know is only fairly well-to-do people had any source of illumination in the nighttime. Oil was actually fairly expensive, and so to keep a lamp lit 2,000, 2,500 years ago was somewhat expensive. And so often, lamp oil was used in the evenings for very special occasions. Uh, you might use it on the Sabbath, for instance, to, to read Scripture, but, but not every day. And so many, many millions of homes throughout the world a couple thousand years ago, when the sun went down, dark. And so right from the beginning, the beginning of Jesus saying, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl, people would have been laughing at this. The, the whole idea, first of all, of going to the trouble to, to obtain the oil and light your lamp and then to cover it up would have been amusing. But more than amusing, it would have seemed almost like a sacrilegious waste of money. Because at that time, lamp oil, very dear. The thought of, of, of going to the market, purchasing oil, lighting your lamp, and then covering it up, it's like, how crazy is this? You're wasting good, uh, good resources. So that might be, you would consider, the literal meaning of the parable. Of course, the whole idea of parables is that they come at you from at least two or three levels. And so the second level, the metaphorical level, of course, is very sweet because... We are the light of the world. It, it is we that Jesus is saying, don't keep this covered up, my Lord. This is beautiful. This is incandescent. This is pure illumination of the Spirit. And the thought of covering that over with a, a bushel or a, or a jar of some kind, pure craziness. But how often do we really think of ourselves that way? I, I love the, the song that, that Ken and the band were singing, right? About us literally being that kind of light. 
But how often do we feel that way? You know, I did a little uh, introspection the other day. I took a look in the mirror to see what I would see. And, uh, you know, what's the place that most of us go when we look in the mirror? Comparisons, right? Right? Is it not? We find just about everything we possibly can that isn't quite right or, or, or isn't as good as it used to be, you know, or, or a little grayer than it was a couple years ago. We spend the time looking in the mirror finding things that aren't what we want them to be. How does this square away? How does this really square away with us knowing our divinity? Because that, of course, is what the master teacher is teaching us in this parable, that we are divine, that there's nothing outside of us. There, there, you, you know, truly God within, pure, incandescent, beautiful. And so why do you think it is that we spend so much time covering that over? And I want to suggest, in fact, that it probably starts in childhood. I'm guessing that to some extent we're trained to, right? Where, you know, when people start approaching us with that, hmm, well, I like your drawing, but you really should color within the lines, as though there's something wrong, I guess, with our our freedom of expression. Or or people might tell us along the line, um, well, you know, I love your singing voice, um, but it would do better in the choir. You don't necessarily want to be doing the solo, right? Or, or, uh, or I remember when I went off to college and had my first experience of really sharing bathrooms, and I discovered that I wasn't allowed to sing in the shower at all. It's like, what are you doing? Are you killing cats, right? And so I think throughout life, we get the subtle message, and sometimes this not-so-subtle message, that whatever light we perceive inside of us isn't worthy of shining. The other thing that I'm pretty sure about as well is that to a degree we do this to ourselves. To a degree, no matter what other people say, whether we're looking in the mirror, whether we're measuring up to our sports heroes, whether we're measuring up to people that we uh, view in our own mind as being unusually wise or unusually uh, clever or important or beautiful or, or athletic or whatever it is, We spend that time picturing ourselves as not quite good enough. And when you're not quite good enough, why would you bother to have what little light you perceive as shining really really setting example for others? This is a sad situation. This is a sad situation. Because what I know is true We are as pure, as incandescent, as well-lit, as beautiful as anyone on this planet. You know, on Easter and some of the other high holidays in the, in the Christian tradition, we, we tend to celebrate Jesus as though he were some extraordinary person, some magical person. And, and, and while I don't want to diminish people's uh, you know, expression or interest in, in Jesus, he was the first one to say that all of us have that same power that all of us shine just as brightly, that there is as much God in each one of us as was in him. Time and time again, he said, you know, these miracles and more shall you do. Time and time again, he looked towards his followers and other people as creating their own miracles. 
And so today I would like to try something a little different on for size. And, and I like to think of this as just training ourselves to look with new eyes so that when we look in the mirror, we're looking at ourselves a little differently. When we compare ourselves to others, we'll be able to do that with a fresh examination of life. Now, back in the 60s, what is it they said... Um, Every day you get to start over, uh, or, or tomorrow is the, what, how does that go? Okay, right, thank you very much. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. And I think we all intuitively know that's true, right? That every day we get to make fresh choices, we get to do uh, something new, we get to wake up and start over again. We, in theory, get to be resurrected, if you will, every single day. How often do we take advantage of that? For my own part, even, even though now and again I think, I'm going to do this a little differently today, but yet I wake up and it's still the same cup of coffee and it's still the same busyness around my home. And before you know it, I've just launched right back into the same old, same old, same old day, despite my good intentions. Well, no more. I want to use this sort of high holiday, if you will, to really open our eyes a little wider, to start seeing the world a little differently. And I'm going to do it through um, maybe something a little on the profane side, because I want to tell you about my dog. Um, so, I know, well, what, you know, we get our inspiration of where we get our inspiration. So, uh, so yesterday I had the occasion of going to the uh, Japanese garden. They had a plant sale there, which was great fun. And apparently it was pet day, because not only did we bring one of our dogs, but like, like they were, you know... And so, of course, it was, all, it was probably more about the pets than it was the plants. Everybody was comparing notes on dogs and things like that. And I was reflecting, you know, my dog views the world very differently than I do. <laughs> and I'm thinking, just for once, I would like to see the world more from her eyes. Do you know what I mean? Where everybody that comes up to you is going to love you up? where everybody that you encounter just smells delightful. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And although, and although you know, she's getting fairly old, she's, uh, I think, I'm pretty sure, she, uh, you know, she was a rescue dog, but as near as I can tell, at least 16, and so she has a little arthritis, you know, she's not quite as perky as it used to be, but does she sit home and complain about how her knees hurt? Heck No. Heck no. She is willing to have a certain amount of pain because her life is full of energy, full of joy, full of happiness. She sees the world as though every single day, every single encounter, every single second of it is fresh and new and with the potential for excitement and joy. I want those eyes. I want the eyes that tell me that whoever I look at that love is right there. I want the eyes that tell me, today is going to be fun. doesn't matter whether it's raining. Well, that's the other thing about her. She's crazy. It doesn't matter whether it's raining. It doesn't matter whether it's snowing. It doesn't matter whether it's too hot outside. She is out that dog door and having fun. Do you know what I mean? These are a different set of eyes, a different criteria for having fun in the world. And I would like us today to put on a new set of eyes. I would like us to just blow the lid off of uh, uh, that, uh, uh, what was it, a basket, Sharon, that's covering up our light? A basket or a bushel or however you want to translate that parable. And I want us to see 
how extraordinary, how magnificent, how filled with potential that each one of us in this room is. I know it's true. I can look out here in this audience today and see the radiance of every single person in this room. And the job here, you know, the, the third element of uh, translating or interpreting a parable is to bring it home, right? The first is the literal, the second is the metaphorical, and the third level of interpretation is to bring it home. How can you remove anything that obstructs you from being your best? How can you take away and, uh, and, and pull off anything that's covering up your, your goodness, your loveliness, your, your capabilities, your joy? This isn't comparing you to other people. This is comparing you to your personal best. You have a light to shine. The other thing about this parable that I think is interesting is it says that when the, when the bushel comes off, when the, the bowl or the basket comes off and the light shines, it lights the whole house. Playing small not only inhibits you, it inhibits everyone. When your light shines brightly, when you are as much love, as much joy, as much beauty, as much goodness, when your life is running well, when your life is the way you like it, it uplifts the planet. It absolutely uplifts the planet. And I don't mean just your family. I mean, it does that too, of course, right? When you're experiencing love and joy, when you're really from that um, integral place of knowing who you are and the divinity of you, of course, your, your family benefits that from that. But literally, I believe that as more and more of the planet wakes up to its divinity, to understanding that God is right here, that the planet itself, the very nature of and fundamental ideas of how human beings get along with one another change. World peace isn't so much that has to be done as it is an inward journey of recognizing the inner illumination of every single person, seeing with new eyes when we see everyone else as well as ourselves, recognizing that that divine spark is in everyone. And so today, um, uh, Kate and Sharon and I are going to uh, do a little experiment with you, if you're willing. I, I think we'll have some fun with this. I want to anchor in an idea of seeing yourselves with new eyes. And so we're, we're actually going to do a little bit of a ritual here, and, and I'll tell you how it's going to work. First of all, I'd like you to be thinking of a piece of illumination in your own life, seeing yourself with new eyes, something that you would like to experience differently for the rest of this year. Maybe it's just bringing more love into your life. Or maybe it's something really specific, like a project that you're working on that you really want success in, or, or a family situation that you'd like turned around to experience greater harmony or, or greater love. Wherever you feel that divine light being... Um, covered up or enclosed. I want you to think in your own heart. I want you to see the potential in your own mind, in your own heart, how that could be different. And, and what we're going to do as you begin having this clear idea of what you want to experience differently or in a more heightened way this, uh, this year, I'm going to invite everyone to stand and we're going to create a little system of blessing here. Because what I know is 
that if you speak your word and have at least one other person understand it and claim it and witness it, that God simply says yes in a more powerful way. Now, that's one of the fundamental teachings, I think, of science of mind is that when we claim something in our heart, God simply says yes, and we'll do whatever is necessary to bring it about. So, um, Kate and uh, Sharon, would, uh, would you join me up here? And I think uh, we're going to have a little background music. Kate, there's a... And what we're going to, uh, to do is bless you and your expression of newness, your, your new viewing of yourself and your own goodness. So we'll simply be standing in a row up here as you, as you form a line in this aisle and work your way around and out that aisle. Um, simply let us know what you'd like to view differently about yourself, how you'd like to claim something new and different from this year, and, uh, and we'll offer you a blessing. <laughs>